Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Today, Pastor J.D. will be taking a slightly different approach to the prophecy update. He'll be taking a look at the wider scope of biblical prophecies, looking to the Old and New Testaments to help define current events. Pastor J.D. today will share what he believes to be the top 10 prophecies that can be seen in the world right now. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 26, 2019. After seeking the Lord about today's update, I sensed that He would have me to do something different today, a bit different than what we usually do, which is to look at the previous week's developments of prophetic significance and how it relates to what the Bible says will take place in the last days. So we're not going to do that today. Uh, We're going to do something different. Actually, it's been over the last several months that I've been talking to the Lord about it. I should say the Lord's been talking to me about it and impressing on my heart to take a more panoramic view, uh, a wider scope in looking at all of the Bible prophecies that are, I believe, in play today. So what follows are, in my opinion, and I have to preface it that way because it's just my opinion. And you know what opinions are? As someone said, they're like armpits, and we all have a couple, and sometimes they stink. So this is just my, my opinion, okay? But in my opinion, these are what I believe are the top ten prophecies in order that are simultaneously coming to pass exactly as we're told that they would. Now, you'll bear with me. I'm going to try to move as quickly as I can to get through all of them, and we'll start with number 10, which I see as the increase of great earthquakes increasing in frequency and intensity. I'm also going to include in this the chaotic weather. Now, my son Levi and I were talking about this this last week. You know, they used to call it global warming. And they got into trouble because 
cyclically, as has been throughout recorded history, uh, the earth actually started cooling. So they couldn't call it global warming anymore, and they weren't going to call it global cooling, so they had to come up with another name, and so they changed the name to climate change. So now that's the biggie. So here's what's interesting. Uh, Jesus talks about these seas roaring, which I believe speaks of tsunamis, which come as a result of earthquakes. He also talks about signs in the stars in the sky, that there will be in the last days these chaotic weather patterns. So this is what Jesus is alluding to here. He's actually answering a question in Matthew 24 that the disciples ask him about, what's going to be the sign of your return and of the end of the age? It's actually a twofold question. And Jesus' answer is this, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. Then he says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. That can be better understood as wars and threats of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And then he says this, there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginning of birth pain. So what Jesus is doing in answering the question that disciples ask is, he's likening his return to the birth of a baby. And how that preceding the coming of the baby, preceding the coming of the Lord, there's going to be these birth pains. And birth pains will come in greater frequency and greater intensity. Now, as we know now in recorded history, just with earthquakes alone, great earthquakes, earthquakes registering higher than six, even seven on the magnitude uh, scale, they have increased incredibly. Number nine, I believe is the unparalleled increase of knowledge. I say unparalleled, and not just the increase of knowledge, but the increase of knowledge of Bible prophecy. Not just technology, but in Daniel 12.4, Daniel is told, shut up the words and seal the book, the prophecy in the book of Daniel, seal it up, shut it up, close it up, until the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. I am truly of the belief that this is speaking broadly in terms of the increase of technology. That's indisputable. But also the increase of Bible prophecy knowledge. And that at the time of the end, knowledge of the prophecy in this book, the book of Daniel, which some have likened to the Old Testament book of Revelation. What Daniel is to the Old Testament, the book of Revelation is to the New Testament. 
I'm going to put number eight along with number nine because it really ties together. And I'm going to make it specific to a global currency, and I'll explain why. Many are familiar with Revelation chapter 13. Let me read verses 16 and 17. It says, He, speaking of the Antichrist, causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark in their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And, of course, John the Revelator goes on to say, calculate that number, it is 666. Well, the reason I wanted to put global currency at number 8 is because of the cryptocurrency of today. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Bitcoin is the most well-known of cryptocurrency. My son Elias has been keeping me apprised of the world of cryptocurrency. And he made a comment to me, and he said, you know, Baba, I just cannot see how cryptocurrency is not going to be what is used during the seven-year tribulation. You will not be able to buy or sell. In fact, I was just reading an article about Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, is planning on coming out with a crypto coin next year in 2020. (laughs) you got to love Facebook. I mean, what does this guy want to do? Control the world? Oh, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) Let's move on. Number seven. I believe number seven is an increase of evil and wickedness. And I need to kind of preface this too, because in Luke's gospel, chapter 17, Jesus describes how his return will be as it was in the days of Noah. So we need to know this about the days of Noah. And we can know this about the days of Noah and how wicked it was, which is why God destroyed the earth with a flood. We're told in chapter 6, verse 5, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Wow! In other words, the only thing they could think of, All of their thoughts continually, every day, all day, was only, always evil. That's what it was in Noah's day. Well, listen to what Jesus says in Luke 17, beginning in verse 26. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven 
and destroyed them all. There's a lot of typology here. If you don't mind, I'll just mention it briefly, but in the interest of time, I don't want to get too in-depth. Understand that Noah is a type of Israel, and Enoch is a type of the church. Prior to the flood, we're told that Enoch walked with God and was no more. You want to know why? Because God took him. Better said, raptured him. Pre-flood. Noah goes into the flood and is saved during the flood. That's Israel. The purpose of the seven-year tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. Enoch is a picture of us, the church, raptured prior, and Noah, a picture of Israel. They will go through the seven-year tribulation. Lot. Lot is a picture of the church too. Not one raining of any fire or brimstone came until Lot was taken out. He was taken out first, and then the destruction came. Number six. Number six to me is Jerusalem becoming this intoxicating obsession of the entire world. This is Zechariah 12, verses 1 through 3. Again, in the interest of time, I'll just kind of give you the gist of it. God declares that He Himself is going to make Jerusalem this cup of intoxication that the whole world is going to become intoxicated with in their obsession over Jerusalem, and more specifically to divide Jerusalem, to move the boundary stones, to cut Jerusalem into pieces. As one translation renders it, God declares, if you're going to try to cut Jerusalem, divide Jerusalem, I'm going to cut you. How about that? In other words, of all of the cities, the city that God Himself chose to literally put His name on, We've talked about this before. That's the Sheen, the abbreviation for El Shaddai, known as the name of God. God, the title, of course. And you look at Jerusalem today in the valleys and the old city and right there at the center and the Sheen in the shape of a W and literally the name is on Jerusalem. The name is on Jerusalem. This is in the Middle Eastern culture as an Arab In my culture, there is no higher blessing than to pronounce the name of God on someone. Growing up, my mom would always say in Arabic, which means the name of God is upon you. Bless her heart, it was innocent. She didn't realize that Allah (laughs) is not the same as Jehovah. So I don't ever say that. I say, Ism Yasua. You know, it's interesting in the ironic blessing, I didn't intend to go here, but too late. (laughs) Um, When God commands Moses to have Aaron every time the Israelites would assemble at the tent of meeting to pronounce a blessing on them, he wanted them to be blessed and in their hearing have this blessing pronounced upon them every single time they were at the tent of meeting, sometimes more than once a day. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, 
The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you and give you peace. Shalom. And then he says, I have chosen to put my name on them. Well, by the way, you know, you're going to get a new name. Listen, I, you might like your name. I don't like my name. Okay? I mean, who would, right? My given name, Wahid Farag. Really? My wife, bless her heart. You know what her maiden name was? Lynn. Oh, Kelly Lynn. Oh, so beautiful. And then here I come along and I, now she's Kelly Farag. So, <laughs> why? Because I'm the bridegroom and I changed her name. Jesus is going to give us a new name. His name will be on us. I can't wait. I think God is going to make it up to me and he's going to give me a really, really cool name. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, that was... Number five. Number five, I believe, is this global cry for peace and security. And it's under the banner of what's known as the two-state solution with Jews and Palestinians living side by side in peace and security. In other words, this will be the global cry, the clarion call, this insatiable quest will be for peace and security. Now listen to what Paul writes to the Thessalonian church. 1 Thessalonians 5.3, which by the way is the next book after Colossians. Okay. He says this, while people are saying, two words, you know what they are? <laughs> Wait for it. You know what they are. Peace and security. Now some of your translations render it safety. It's the Greek word asphalia. It's translated either safety or security. Peace and security. While they are saying those words, <laughs> destruction will come on them suddenly. Sudden destruction as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. I need to keep moving. Number four, because it ties in with number five. It's this seven-year peace agreement that is described in Daniel 9.27. Very detailed prophecy. Let me read it. He, again, speaking of the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with many for one seven, a period of seven. Some of your translations render it one week, a week of seven years. In the middle of the seven, the three and a half year mark, the Antichrist will put an end to sacrifice and offering and at the temple, which presupposes that part of the agreement is the allowing of the Jews to rebuild their temple. So at the temple, he, again speaking of the Antichrist, will set up an abomination that causes desolation. Many believe he will sacrifice an unclean animal there in the newly rebuilt temple, which is going to absolutely shake up the Jews. And that's when they're going to wake up and realize this is not our Messiah. This is a false Messiah. Because the true Messiah would never commit such an abomination. And it's believed that at the three and a half year mark, when the Antichrist does what Daniel 9.27 says, 
The Jews will flee to the place prepared for them, which many believe, present company included, is in modern-day Jordan, the rock city, the ancient rock city of Petra, where for the last three and a half years, God will protect his people from the Antichrist. So he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. A very packed and powerful prophecy here in just this one verse. I want to draw your attention to this word confirm as some translations rendered. He will confirm. In the original language of the Hebrew Old Testament, it's the same word as it is in my native language of Arabic. It's the word kabir. Kabir. What does kabir mean? It means to make greater, to make stronger, to make better. Kabir. He will make kabir, make greater this peace covenant. And that is what is going to be agreed upon. Number three. We talk about this and the next one, so I won't spend a lot of time, but to me, I have number three as the total and sudden destruction of Damascus, Syria, as Isaiah 17.1 says, so much so that it will be uninhabitable. Now, this ties into number two, which is the Ezekiel 38 prophecy that describes again in, in great detail about this alliance of nations with at the helm Russia and Iran and Turkey and Sudan, the area we know today. The borders aren't exactly like they were when this was uh, written uh, some 2,500 plus years ago when the prophet Ezekiel wrote it. But all of those nations are today at the ready in, of all places, and more recently so, Syria, Damascus, Syria. And so Ezekiel 38 describes this alliance of nations to come and take the spoil that Israel has at the time that this happens. Right now today, Israel, in fact, I just read an article a couple days ago about the new Israeli shekel is the strongest it has ever been. Their economy is booming, man. I mean, they got natural gas and oil. And you want to talk about technology, which is why Google and Microsoft and Apple and all of these tech, tech companies are in Israel, bowing at the feet of Israel because of the technology in Israel. So Russia and Iran and Turkey, primarily, God says, I'm going to put a hook in your mouth which I believe is the natural gas and the oil which they found off the coast of Haifa, there along the the coastline which goes up into Syria, which Syria wants to lay claims to. Too late. Russia's there. They want it. They're going to try to get it. They need it, by the way. And so when, I believe, Damascus is destroyed, then they will come from the north there in the Golan, and they will invade Israel, exactly as Ezekiel 38 says. You know, two years ago, I couldn't talk about Russia, Iran, Turkey, Sudan, Ethiopia, Libya, all of them being in Syria. They are. I could not have told you that. I I would always speak of it in the future tense. When we first started doing these prophecy updates, I would always speak of Ezekiel 38. There's going to come a time when Russia, Iran, Turkey, Sudan, et al. are all going to be in Syria. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready, because our redemption draws nigh. 
This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's prophecy update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this prophecy update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s prophecy updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this prophecy update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.